Well, good morning. Uh, I don't know about you, but uh, I uh, didn't really sleep super well last night. Any of you not sleep well last night? Some of you didn't sleep well. I don't know what was going on, but man, I just could not get to sleep. And so I laid there in bed and I struggled and I thought, oh, I'm going to be so tired tomorrow. I'm not going to be in a good frame of mind. I'm going to be grumpy. And so I said, Lord, just let me fall asleep and let me be in a good mood when I wake up in the morning. And I woke up this morning, didn't sleep terribly well, didn't get a whole lot of sleep, but man, I feel good today. Now, probably in about three hours, it'd probably be kind of ugly for me, but hey, it's all good, right? So I hope that all of you are in the right frame of mind to be here this morning and hear whatever it is that God would have for you to hear. So many times I think we come to church and we think, well, we're going to sing a few songs, and then the preacher's going to come up, and he's going to give us some words, some Bible, some wisdom, whatever it is. And the reality is that what's getting ready to happen right now, hopefully, is that this doesn't have anything to do with me, that I'm merely this vessel, this voice that is acting on behalf of the Spirit of God to move in your heart, in your mind, and in your life. So sometimes I think, that the pastor comes up, and especially in seasons like this when we've been talking about the whole money thing, people get a little, sometimes we can get bent out of shape about that, right? Have any of you ever had that happen? I know I've had that happen where I've been in church and the pastor comes up and starts talking about money. I'm like, oh, geez, here we go again, right? I've had that happen, and it's sometimes it's because I'm not really in the frame of mind where I'm saying, God, I want to hear from you. You know what I'm saying? I come and I think, oh, I want this pastor to give me this message that I really like, and then I can look forward to coming back next time. And what I want you all to do is think about the idea and the fact that this is not about me, and it's not even really about necessarily this church and what we do here. This is about God's Spirit moving directly in your heart, speaking directly to your mind, His Spirit connecting with your spirit, and then you acting on whatever it is that God speaks to you. Okay, we all good there? Yeah? Because that's really what it should be, what it should be about. Um, every now and again, um, th- weird things happen. I shouldn't say weird, in a good way. Um, last week I had somebody come up, and a lot of times people come up after sermons and say, ooh, that was a good sermon, I like that, you know, whatever. and that's always good. But what I really look forward to, what really keeps me going as a pastor is when someone comes up to me and says, hey, I just want you to know that because of what was shared here today, God has moved in my life, and I'm going to do something different, right? And I had the opportunity that somebody came up to me last week and said, hey, I just want you to know, I haven't ever done this before, but from here on out, I'm going to do this. Because, not because you said I should do it, but because God's spirit spoke to my spirit, and so I'm going to do it. So, what we're going to do is finish up today. How many of you are happy that we're finishing up our Making Change series, right? None of you are happy. You guys want me to keep talking about money? I'll go all the way through Christmas. Y'all want to do that? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, but we are going to finish up this series in preparation for a Christmas series that will start um, in December. But I want everybody to know that I will not be here next week. And for those of you who are thinking, oh, I ain't coming to church, please listen to me. We're going to do something next week that we've not done before, and I, for one, am sad I'm not going to be here to be able to experience it, but Thomas Siafa, how many of you know Thomas, right? Some of you are thinking, wait a minute, is Thomas going to come up here and speak? Because I can't understand Thomas. Do any of you think that way? Come on, you can be honest. This is not about bashing anybody. 
Thomas, it's funny, Thomas is misunderstood a lot of times in Africa even, right? He goes to Africa and they have trouble keeping up with the pace of his speech because he speaks really fast, doesn't he? Yeah? Now, so here's what we're going to do. I want all of you to be able to hear Thomas' story because his story is amazing. It is unbelievable when you get to hear his story of how he came to be where he is and the things that he and his family went through in Liberia. Um, I mean, it is an amazing, amazing story. And so here's how we're going to do this. Pastor Mike and Pastor Thomas are going to tag team next week, okay, so that we can tell you Thomas' story, right? So Mike will be asking him some questions. Thomas will be answering those questions. And then when the time is necessary, if it comes to be necessary, Mike will be able to, um, how shall we say this, interpret a little bit. Um, and I'm, listen, Thomas and I joke about this all the time. This is not, I'm not being mean to Thomas or berating Thomas in any way. Um, Thomas, his, listen, I just want you to know, his story is incredible. Mike and Nancy and Dawn and I had dinner a few weeks ago, and I watched Mike and Nancy as Thomas told his story. And there were moments where they stopped and said, okay, wait, Thomas, I don't understand what you just said there. Can you go back and say that again? And then once they understood it, I could, I could just see how they were moved by the story of Thomas' life and his call into ministry. And it is an amazing story. And so that's what's going to happen next week. We're going to start our talking about our Christmas offering that we'll be collecting on Christmas. Well, not necessarily on Christmas Sunday or the, the Sunday before Christmas, but we collect a Christmas offering every year. Uh, that offering this year will be used to help Thomas' ministry heart for Africa. And so um, he's going to tell his story. Please make sure that you're here because if you're able to be here, um, it is really a moving story, and um, I just want you all to be able to hear it and connect with it. Um, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to do something a little bit different. Uh, I think it's going to be really, really good. And then we'll talk about Christmas after that. Everybody good with that? We might even sing some Christmas music. I don't know. Mike, are we going to do any Christmas music this year? I'm not choosing the music now. So we'll have Christmas music. Those of you who are like, we like Christmas music, we'll have Christmas music. So maybe that'll start next week. I don't know. I'm not in charge of it anymore, so you can talk to Mike, Mike Bodag, right here. Everybody look at Mike. He's right over there, long beard. So anyway, let's jump into the last week of our Making Change series. What we've done over the course of the last three weeks is we've talked about small changes, maybe not small, but changes we can make today that will impact our tomorrow financially. In week number one, we talked about less being more. We talked about how maybe, just maybe, having less stuff could actually allow us to be more fulfilled and more satisfied in our life. Maybe, just maybe, having fewer things would actually end up giving us more satisfaction, more contentment, and more fulfillment in life. The next week, we talked about stress being bad. Stress is bad. It's not always bad, but most of the time, stress is bad, especially when it's related to excessive amounts of consumer debt that we talked how we want to try and live life in such a way as to avoid debt as much as we can, right? Because when we go into debt, when we take on debt for things that we don't need, but for things that we want, okay? When we go into debt for things that we want, we make ourselves slave to the lender. We allow our finances to be put in slavery to something other than God whom we serve. So we talked about stress being bad, especially the debt that causes stress. And then last week, uh, we talked about giving being good, that giving is good. It's funny, we teased a little bit last week because our numbers were really down. 
um, last week. And I, I had said the week before, uh, I'm going to be watching the numbers because the week we talk about giving, there won't be anybody here. And sure enough, the numbers were really down. I actually had somebody send me an email this week that said, hey, we're not going to be at church Sunday, but it's not because you're talking about giving, right? We just, we just have to be somewhere else. We have something we have to do. And so we just want you to know. I really just joked about that, and we joked about it last week too. Um, but we did talk about giving being good. We talked about the idea that generosity is good and that generosity is not born out of excess. Generosity is born from a heart that wants to be generous and bless the lives of other people. And that when we bless other people with what we have, when we're generous, we receive a blessing as well. That actually we receive a greater blessing when we give than when we receive. Today, what we're going to do is finish the series up by talking about tomorrow mattering, that tomorrow matters. Now, this is hard for us, I think, in our particular time and culture because we do not live in a time when saving is a priority. Ooh, I know, right? Um, there was a time when more people saved money than they, and, and they didn't just necessarily spend all that they had. But we live in a time now where saving, it's not that people don't save, but as a culture, as a people, we do not necessarily prioritize saving as high as we do spending. How many of you can relate to what I am saying right now, right? Okay? I'm not here to fault you. Remember, as we go through the series, this is not about making anybody feel bad about anything. It's just about talking about reality and allowing God to speak to your heart based on what you hear. Yes? Okay, so this is not me up here saying things that are supposed to upset you or indict you, but rather to allow you to hear and allow God's spirit to move and convict you and do whatever it is that he feels you should do. So understand that when I say these things, that's where this is coming from. In our current cultural environment, our relationship with money and the way we have a relationship with money makes it more and more difficult. It is becoming increasingly difficult to think about and plan for tomorrow. Now, some of you are thinking, wait a second. Now, if I remember correctly, in the New Testament, Jesus talks about, don't you worry about tomorrow, right? Because Jesus does say, why do you worry so much about tomorrow? We're not talking here about worrying about tomorrow. We're talking about thinking about tomorrow. Not worrying about tomorrow, but simply thinking about and saying, if I happen to wake up tomorrow, should I have some kind of plan as to what I'm going to do financially? Yes, you should. Because if you get a, if those of you, how many of you have jobs, you work or you have some source of income, right? How many of you have unlimited income that it just doesn't matter how much you spend? None of you are in that boat. I'm not either. I wish I was in that boat, but I'm not. So none of us are in that boat, right? None of us are in that situation. So there's a reality we face, that if we go and spend every dime that we have today on whatever, what will we do tomorrow? Right? So please understand that we're not trying to conflict with what the Bible says about not worrying about tomorrow, but we're saying that you should at least be thinking about and having some kind of plan for what will happen if you live until tomorrow. And many tomorrows down the road. Okay? So tomorrow matters. We live in a now generation, yes? More so than any generation before us. 
We live in an age where everything is accessible right now. How many of you like to have to wait on something? No, none of you like to do that? None of you like to do that. Well, I don't either. In fact, how many of you know that Amazon has just built a pretty good-sized warehouse right here in this area so that they can bring same-day shipping here, right? Well, how cool is that? Same-day shipping. Why do you think Amazon is doing that? Well, it's money, but they know that the consumer wants it. I don't want to have to wait two days. I don't even want to have to wait one day. I want to order it this morning and have it on my doorstep this afternoon. Because I can. Right? How many of you use Netflix? Do we have any Netflix people in the house? Any of you Netflix users? How many of you have ever binged an entire season of a show? Yeah, some of you have done that. How many of you like the idea of having to wait until next week for another show to come out? None of you like to do that. In fact, some of you are probably like, I can't believe they even do that. My daughter the other day was talking to me about, which show was it? Who, I don't remember who it was. Some show that has been released, she's like, oh, you, oh, it's The Mandalorian on Disney. Right? They're only releasing one episode a week. Is that right? People are up in arms about it. I can't binge the whole season right now. I'm going to cancel Disney. I'm going to cancel it. We, we are becoming a people who are like, I want to be able to watch the whole season. When I was young, there was no such thing as on demand. There was no such thing as being able to pull up a show and just watch it. You had to look at the TV guide to know when an episode was coming on. And if there was a rerun, which episode it was going to be. It's, it's just like archaic, right? But that's the reality. Why do we have cell phones, people? Why do you have a cell phone? Because you want to be able to be got a hold of right now, or you want to be able to call somebody else right now. And I want to be able to check my email right now. And I need to be able to get my text messages right now. It all needs to be right now. We live in a right now generation. Debt. Church, friends, listen. What is so beautiful about debt? It allows us to have things right now. Right? You don't have to save for something. All you have to do is go and buy it same as cash. Or put it on your credit card. Right? Now, please understand something. I have Netflix and I like Netflix. I'm not up here bashing on Netflix. I have a cell phone too. I also am an Amazon Prime subscriber. Okay? So I am not up here saying these things are terrible for you because they're not. They're just indicative of the age in which we live. The now culture that we live. But here's the problem. When it comes to our finances and living in the moment now and not thinking about tomorrow, here's what happens when we take on debt. When you take on debt for anything, you are reaching into the future to pay in the present for something that you will have enjoyed in the past when you finish paying for it. Y'all with me? I'm going to say that one more time. When you use your credit card to pay for a vacation, okay, you reach into your future. You pull money out of the future. You pay for it in the present. And by the time you're finished with that vacation, you haven't even started paying for it yet, right? So a year later or two years or five years or if you make minimum payments 29 years later, right, are you still enjoying that vacation? Of course you're not. You've taken 12 other vacations in the meantime. So the reality is we reach into our future to pull and spend in the present for something we will have enjoyed in the past. You all know what I'm talking about here. I think most of us have experienced this. 
But because we live in this now generation, it is so hard for us to not live in the moment, but rather at least stop and think about, well, what about tomorrow? What's going to happen tomorrow, next week, next month, next year? Wisdom should move us to consider tomorrow in the financial decisions that we make today. Right? You see, one of the things that we're programmed to do is we're programmed to think about, well, I can spend this in the present, right? I can, I can spend my money in the present because eventually I'm going to make more money and I'm going to be more financially stable. And then I'll be able to start thinking about tomorrow. How many of you can relate to this? When you're 18 and 19 years old and you're not making any money, my son is here today. He has a job that, you know, he doesn't feel like pays him a lot. And it probably doesn't. He could make more money somewhere else. But we keep trying to tell him, think about the, the, the opportunity for advancement and then paying for your college and all this stuff, that tomorrow, this will be better for you. Now, it's not better for you today because your friends are making three and four more dollars an hour than you and probably rubbing it in a little bit, right? But tomorrow, this could pay off for you. But you have to think about tomorrow. You see, so many, many of us think this way. Well, when I'm 18 and 19, I tell Isaiah all the time, as soon as you turn 21 and you're able to, you start putting money in a 401k, right? You start doing that immediately as soon as you can. Why? Why would I do that? I'm not, I don't have any money, Dad. You know how broke I am? I do. But trust me, you would rather be broke now while you live with mom and dad or have resources than when you're older and you have no one to take care of you. Right? We live in a culture that doesn't tell us, think about tomorrow. All we're told is to think about the moment. You deserve it now. You have it now. Enjoy it now. Should we enjoy the moment? Yes. Yes, we should live in the moment. But we should at least be thinking on some level about tomorrow. Proverbs 21.20. The wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. That's basically saying this, not that every wise person has wealth and luxury, but rather this way. Most people who have accumulated wealth have done so through wise choices. Not all of them, but many times it's through wise choices. And people who live in continual poverty, sometimes it's because of poor choices that we make. Now, please do not hear me say that if you're in poverty, it's because you made poor choices. I'm not saying that. Poor choices financially will lead you to poverty. You need to understand that right? Poor financial decision-making and not can and oftentimes does lead to poverty. My parents, I grew up not having money. My parents never had money. And I talked to my parents about this, and they're like, yeah, it's because we were stupid with our money. We were stupid. That's what my dad will tell you. And they were. I hear him tell stories. I think, dad, why? Why would you have done that? Because I didn't have anybody telling me not to. I didn't have anybody educating me. Telling me to think about tomorrow in the future. Proverbs 6, 6 through 8. Take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones. I love how this is worded here. You lazy bones. Learn from their ways and become wise. Talking about ants. Now, how many of you, when you think of a wise animal, you think of ants? Right? A few of you back there are like, yes. Ants are very smart animals. I don't even know if they're animals. They're insects. We can count that. We're not going to get in that debate, okay? Though they have no prince and they have no governor, they have no ruler to make them work, they labor hard all summer. For what purpose? 
gathering food for the winter, working hard all summer when it's nice outside. This is a time you need to go out and play and enjoy. A little answer like, "Mm mm-mm, because if I do that, I'm going to die in the wintertime. I'll have a very short life. Learn from the ants. Wisdom tells us, church, that a portion of what we have in the present should be set aside for the future. Wisdom tells us that a portion. Now, what that portion looks like for you is up to you. I'm not up here to tell you what that portion should look like. I'm just saying to you that you should be setting aside some portion for tomorrow and for your future. This only happens. Listen, hear me. This, you got to hear this. This will only happen when you intentionally think about and plan for tomorrow. Y'all hear that? I'm going to say that one more time. This only happens when you are intentional and you think about and plan for tomorrow. Now, again, I do not want any of you to feel like that I'm up here. If you don't have a plan for tomorrow right now and you're like, man, if you knew my financial situation, it is really hard. I'm not up here faulting you or bashing you or any of that. So don't any of you hear me incorrectly today. What I am trying to do is encourage those of you who are in a position and are able to do this, that you think about doing it. Those of you who are not, for whatever reason, will pray with you that whatever financial circumstances exist in your life, that somehow, some way, God will give you an opportunity to change that. But please do not hear me saying, if you're not able to do this, that I'm bashing on you or faulting you, not at all. But I know that there are people, because recent studies tell us that almost 67% of American families live paycheck to paycheck. 67%. Now, some of those, maybe a high number of those, are people who are living on fixed incomes. Maybe people who are in lower income jobs or they're single parents and they have multiple kids and there are situations that weren't that. We're not talking about that. What I'm talking about today is I know that not all 67% of those people are in that situation. In fact, a high number of families in the United States who make really good money still live paycheck to paycheck right? I remember working at the bank when I worked in lending. We would see loan applications come through for a home equity lines of credit, right? HELOCs as we called them. And there'd be people who would be wanting a $100,000 second mortgage on their house to pay off their credit card debt. Yeah. We saw families who make maybe $150,000 a year combined who had $100,000 in unsecured credit card debt. I mean, listen, and that's not like that was unusual to see that. It wasn't unusual to see. And I guess my point here is this. We might look at it and say, I can't be thinking about tomorrow. I've got too much this. I've got too much that. Or I'll think about tomorrow next year or next time or whenever. When I get my raise, when I get my bonus, when I get this, when I get that, I'll start thinking about tomorrow. You will not start thinking about tomorrow until you start thinking about tomorrow today. Right? Because what happens if you start thinking about tomorrow? When is tomorrow? (laughs) Well, tomorrow's tomorrow. So if I say today, I'll think about tomorrow, tomorrow, when am I actually going to think about it? You're never going to do it. Right? Think about it today. Okay. So what we're going to do for a few minutes is talk very briefly about the idea of investment, okay? 
investment. You all are familiar with the idea of investment, right? I take my money, I give it to someone else or something else, and it earns this nifty little thing called interest. Yeah? It's how banks make money when you borrow from them. Y'all follow me? Here's the cool thing about it. Instead of you paying the bank money, the bank actually pays you money. It's crazy, isn't it? How many of you have ever heard of such a concept? Usually it's not banks where you want to invest your money, by the way. Okay? Just, just to clarify, it's just the idea, though, that you're loaning someone else your money and they're paying you to do it. Guys, that's really exciting. That's really cool, right? No? It's, it's amazing. But here's the trick. This only works when you actually have money to give someone to invest it. And so if you live financially in such a way that you spend everything you have now, how much do you have left over to invest? Nothing. You see, this is a problem. In Scripture, we actually read a parable about a wealthy man who gave some of his servants some of his money while he was going to be away. Some of you would be noticed the parable of the talents, right? He gives one man five, he gives one man three, and he gives one man one. Two of those men took that money and immediately began investing it to make more money. Those of you who know the parable, what did he do in return? He praised them, right? He praised them. He said, wow, this is great. Because you've been faithful with this, I'm going to give you more to be responsible for. But the one guy took the money and buried it. And the the guy came back and said, you wicked, lazy servant, what are you doing? But if you go back and read that parable, the guy says to him, I knew you're a harsh man, and I knew that you reap, you, you, um, not reap, what's the word? Reap. Sowing, reaping, yes, yes. You reap from fields that you didn't sow, and vineyards that you didn't plant. In other words, like, that was a good thing. The Bible does not speak about the idea of investment as something bad or evil. Thinking about tomorrow is not an evil thing, church. I need you to understand that. There's something good. There's something to be said for investing for tomorrow. You see, here's the thing. There are two primary ways that money is earned in the United States today. There's people making money or earning money. That's how most of us do it, right? If you've ever had a job, you go and work for someone and they pay you in return for your labor. But there's another way that money is earned, and it's money earning money. Now, the wealthiest people in this world will tell you that it's not their labor that makes the most of their money, right? What is it that makes the most of their money? It's investment. Now, it's not always investing in the stock market. Sometimes it's investment through, like, buying a a company or a piece of real estate or whatever it is, and then selling that thing that you purchased for a profit. Yes? And there is a lot of money that can be exchanged there. People who founded companies like Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg, did not make his billions of dollars sitting behind a computer typing code in, did he? Where did Mark Zuckerberg make all of his money? Stocks. When his company went public, he became a billionaire like overnight, right? Here's the thing we have to understand. Money makes money. Now, I don't want you to think that I'm telling you you should be a billionaire here. Okay, at the end of our, of our talk, we'll chat about that for a minute. But what I do want you to understand is that your money can be invested 
and you can earn money by your money working for you. There's this beautiful thing called compound interest. Are all of you familiar with compound interest? It's the idea that as your money earns interest and your interest money stays in your account, interest earns on top of interest, on top of interest, on top of interest. And so you make more and more and more money that way. But the harsh reality for many of us is that we don't have money to invest because we've spent it all right now. And oftentimes, for many of us, and myself was included, not not so much right now, but there was a time in my life when I didn't understand this. Nobody explained or, or showed me this. But this idea that if I go into debt, I'm pulling money from tomorrow, and I'm paying interest on it, I'm paying someone else for the right to be able to use this money right now. When what I could be doing is taking that money and investing it and getting paid for letting someone else use my money. Are you all hearing that? Are you all connecting with me right now? And the reason we've spent three weeks talking about living with less and understanding that stress is bad and that giving is good is so that we would start to make changes that will allow us, hopefully sooner than later, to begin to invest small amounts and think about tomorrow. Because hopefully, how many of you hope that tomorrow does not come for you? How many of you are going home thinking, well, this is my last day. I don't need to worry. Are any of you in that space where you're hoping tomorrow doesn't come? Let me ask you this question. How many of you want, when you are older, for your kids to have to take care of you financially? How many of you that are parents want that to happen? You want to be a burden to your children. Do any of you want that? course not. How many of you hope that when you're 70 that you're going to be a greeter at Walmart? How many of you are hoping that that day will come? Are any of you aspiring to that? Deb's back there going, yes, that's me. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, is there? Is there anything wrong with that? Not at all. But here's the problem. The problem is when we live life in such a way as to selfishly spend everything that we have and never think about tomorrow, we are going to be a burden to someone tomorrow. And I don't want that. I don't believe that God wants me to do that. I don't believe that God wants me to live my life in such a way so that 30 years from, how old am I right now? 46. 30 years from now, I don't want Isaiah and Esther to have to be having meetings about how we're going to take care of mom and dad. I don't want that. I'm one of those people who I would actually, now this is not going to happen to me in my life. When my parents die, there is no inheritance coming to me. Now, I'm not, like, going to cry about that or anything, okay? But I hope that when I die, I can leave something other than debt and problems for my children. That's my hope. Now, it might only be $50, okay? But $50 is better than leaving them with problems having to take care of me, right? So, church, hear me when I say this. What my encouragement to you today is this. Think today about tomorrow, right? When you're walking through Best Buy, if you're like me and you're walking through Best Buy and you see that 85-inch QLED TV that's begging to be put up in your living room, right? You're like, man, that is nice, right? Best Buy just increased my credit limit. We're going shopping, right? Stop and think for just a moment 
how much that TV is actually going to cost you. Not just in terms of the interest that you will spend, but also on the interest you will not earn because you did not invest your money. We call that opportunity cost, right? You see, we don't think like that. That's not how we're programmed to think because we don't think about tomorrow. Now, please, please, don't any of you feel like I have stood up here and tried to be harsh or insensitive, okay? Dawn and I lived the first 15 years of our marriage making awful, I mean awful financial choices, terrible. And guess what? This guy right over here, Mike, that's my father-in-law for those of you who don't know, and his wife Nan, who's back in Kidco, had to bail us out one time. Remember that? Of course you remember that. He's like, yeah, I remember that. You know how much that cost me? Yeah. But you know why that had to happen? Because we didn't think about or plan for anything other than the moment today. Right? Now, I thank God that I have in-laws who thought about tomorrow. Right? Because if they hadn't thought about tomorrow, I don't know what I would have done. We don't know what we would have done. But we're learning now. We're learning to think about tomorrow. Again, it doesn't mean, right? It doesn't mean that everybody's going to be able to do that. Your life may be in a different place. But if you are able to, and you'll know this, you will know if you are in a place where you are overspending and you are overutilizing debt in a negative way, and it is affecting your tomorrow. You know that. And God will speak to you. This is not between you and me. This is not between you and this church. You and anybody else except for God himself. That if you're not planning for and thinking about tomorrow, now is the time to start. Now is the time to start. The quote that's on the screen is what I'll leave with today. Our money, your money, my money, will not have the opportunity to earn money if we spend it all in the present without setting aside a portion for tomorrow. Please, please, please understand the reason that we're talking about this is not so that you can become uber wealthy, right? It's not so that you can look back and think, hey, like the guy in the Bible, my barns are so full, I have to build more barns. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about having a tomorrow where you can can be as generous tomorrow as you are today because you planned and you thought about it. And you said, I don't want to exhaust everything in the present because I want to be able to be productive and fruitful and generous tomorrow. Y'all follow me? No matter how long I live, no matter how long I'm on this earth, I want to have thought about tomorrow so that I can continue to do for others, no matter how old I get, whether I'm still working or not, that I planned for tomorrow, and I can still be generous. I may not be able to be as generous, right? But I can still be generous tomorrow. This series is all about making changes today that will impact your tomorrow. And my hope is that you're not upset with me, that you're not offended by me, that you're just merely listening to information, allow the Spirit of God to move in your heart. And if you need to make changes, my prayer for you is that you will hear the Spirit of God and do what you need to do to make those changes.